This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Tonight. The Denver Broncos are taking on the Buffalo Bills here. The Bills are favored at minus seven and a half with an over under of 47. You know, believe it or not, the Broncos have actually been a bit feisty over the past few weeks leading into their bye. And, you know, the Bills haven't necessarily always looked sharp over these past few weeks. They look kind of sharp that Thursday night game, but still only put up 24 points. Didn't look great against Cincinnati here. I'm going to take the Broncos to cover minus seven and a half. I don't think the Bills blow them out by more than a touchdown. That's basically what that comes down to. They're not playing sharp enough right now. I do have Josh Allen as my number one quarterback this week. Russell Wilson's a streaming option for me at QB 13. Javante Williams is the guy I'm going to be curious about on the Denver side the most coming out of the break because we saw him you know, go off with his usage finally going through the roof before the bye. We're going to have to see, is that stay consistent? Because Buffalo is a team you've been able to run on. And I'm going to go on the side of, well, I think it stays consistent enough. Where I do have him as an RB12 this week, four spots ahead of ECR. Guys, let's talk a little James Cook. I know we talk about James Cook a lot, but I wasn't here. wasn't able to talk to you guys about the whole Leonard Fournette thing and, and, all, and all that stuff. That's not even the issue here anymore. They're letting Josh Allen run. So now James Cook has to deal with Leonard Fournette eventually getting a role. Latavius Murray still having a role. Josh Allen now running on top of it. And yet ECR's got the audacity to still rank him as a top 20 running back this week. He's already 27. I wouldn't even really want to play him if I could. And don't give me the matchup against Denver. Okay? They had that, yes, they had the 70-point game against Miami. It looked atrocious. They've been actually stingier against run games over the past few weeks leading into the bye, especially the last three weeks heading into the bye. So, Adam, when you look at this, is James Cook a play for you? Am I missing something here? I mean, I think he's a playable guy. I don't know. Right. I don't wouldn't put him in a must uh, play situation. He said 27. I think that's pretty fair because uh, he is volume dependent, and I don't know how much volume uh they're gonna get i think you're kind of hoping for a super positive game scripts and to your point this this denver team has been feisty lately now i i don't know i i don't know how much i trust the denver offense to keep them in this um but i i think that's kind of where it comes down to um is what what version of the buffalo offense uh sh- shows up uh because if they only drop 24 and then denver scores 10 then you're not going to really get a positive enough game script for them to just dump it the uh dump it to him over and over uh for rushing volume because i think you would be volume dependent and with josh allen running you're not getting said volume no agreed agreed yes i mean as far as the line goes if buffalo actually decide to show up they'd cover this no problem they haven't decided to show up since the miami game and that's kind of been the issue uh the only other notes I have is because I mean, you're playing Stefan, Cortland Sutton's a wide receiver three, Jerry Judy's a wide receiver three. Chris, I'd have Gabe Davis outside of my top 36 receivers this week. I, I know it's the Gabe Davis train. I know when he has a bad week, he bounces back for a good week to follow. But the dude had two targets and nothing, nothing last week. I, I don't know how you can feel good about playing him when he's going to be the guy more than Stefan Diggs because the way this thing matches up is going to see Sertan because Sertan doesn't shadow. I don't know. You, you, you can't play? play. You can't 
feel good about playing Gabe Davis. If you feel good about playing Gabe Davis, that's when you have to bench. No, that's probably true, Adam. But Chris, what do you think? Yeah, look, I understand the Gabe, is the Gabe Davis, you know, training in a sense. The Buffalo offense is a train. I think that we're seeing the fact that they can't figure out who they are from week to week. But I do see the bounce back opportunity for Gabe Davis. I'm not scared of the matchup versus Denver. I'm not scared of necessarily Sertan. Um, and I also think the squeaky wheel, in a sense, will get some oil this week as well. Gabe, there's a lot of talk about Gabe Davis only getting two targets last week. Why is that happening? What's going on with this offense in general? So I think Gabe Davis is a guy that I'm not necessarily making sure I have, to have in my lineup, but he's a guy I'm not afraid to have in my lineup either. Yeah, I just when a guy gives you zero, I don't think you need to have him in your lineup. So pick and choose what options you have. We always know it always takes one play for him. Uh, Don Kincaid is the top three tight end because, and that's part of the reason why I've gave Davis outside my top 36. Kincaid looks like he's become the second pass catcher on this team right now, at least until Dawson Knox gets back. I don't know how that was to cite that. Adam, with Don Kincaid, is it Kincaid now the second pass catcher? Or do you think it snaps back to Gabe Davis? Because that's really the debate you're having here. Yeah, I I think it will stay Kincaid. I think this is I think it fits the role that they're looking for more so. Uh, Kincaid does, uh, and I think it allows Gabe Davis to kind of return to being uh, someone that is pushing the ball down the field. Um, yeah, I, I think Kincaid's going to have the more consistent role. I don't think that Knox necessarily changes too too much. Um, yeah, I, I feel good about Kincaid. All right, so that's going to do it for our show, but we're going to cap it off on a question here by Chandler. He's got Fields, Keenan Allen, ETN, Kittle, for Herbert, Eckler, St. Brown, and Kincaid. Chris, would you do this deal? No. Look, I understand Justin Fields is banged up, so maybe if I'm desperate at quarterback and I want to upgrade immediately because I need the quarterback, I'm going to pull the trigger. Otherwise, I think Keenan Allen and St. Brown are pretty much a wash in the same in the sense. ETN has been more productive. I know Eckler has returned to being healthy, but the offense hasn't looked necessarily great with him. And while ETN has been the star of his entire season, Kittle to me is better than Kincaid. I know Kincaid's doing well. PPR has you know 10 catches last week. But overall, I'm still going to go with the upside guys, so I would not pull the trigger on this deal. I agree with that because outside of Christian McCaffrey, the biggest gap player you can have that the rest of the field right now is Travis Etienne over everybody else. And I'm, I'm not giving up that asset for nothing right now. And even at quarterback, you can still find other streaming options, even in a week like this. All right. So that wraps up the show for today, guys. I hope you all enjoyed it. As we get into week 10, make sure you come back tomorrow at 9 30. We're going to have Brian Scott on to talk about the injuries. And we're also going to have Chaz Filardi from uh, sports betting weekly to talk about our best bets of the weekend. Chris will join me in the second half of that show as well. I'll be back on Sunday night at 10 30 with Chase Thornton to talk about our recap action from week 10 from the Sunday and Thursday games. So make sure you tune in for all of that. Download us on your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the show when you're on the go. Everybody, good luck. We'll see you again tomorrow night. 